The following audio is from The Grove Church. To find out more about our church or to check out previous messages, go to our website at grove.church. Well, good morning. Can I be heard? Is this working? Apparently I prayed and didn't have a mic the whole time, so you're welcome for that. Um, Otherwise, it might have been way too loud for you, but uh, I'm glad you're here, and uh, today is Launch Sunday, which another way to put it is Vision Sunday. We've been talking for a while and praying together as a team about where we're going, about the things that we're, we're looking forward to that we believe that God has put in our hearts, and uh, we'll get to that here in a few moments. If you got a Bible, turn to Proverbs 29. We're going to be looking at verse 18. Typically, I don't choose one verse. Um, usually, I, I take blocks, or like a couple of weeks ago, I read, I think, two and a half chapters. Um, but anyway, today's a little bit different than that. We'll get to that soon enough. It is so good to be back in town. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we, we dropped our oldest daughter, M off in California for school, and uh, I, I did put a post out there. Man. It, was, it was heartbreaking, man. I tell you what, you just brought her home, brought her here you know, when she was born in a little car seat, and she was way too small for it, and then we're taking her off to college, and it just seems like yesterday. So, um, But then right from there, we went to the East Coast. We had planned that trip months and months ago for our 22nd anniversary, and uh, we made it to 22 years, thankfully, and uh, had a great time. But uh, anyway, uh, got to experience a lot. Uh, went to Boston, went to New York, um, and uh, had a really, really great time. But it's always good to get home. I don't know how you feel as vacation winds down. I always feel like, all right, I'm ready to go home. It's been great, but I'm ready to be home. Maybe you never feel that way. I do, but uh, it's good to be back. Um, I have a confession for you I want to start with as we jump into the message today. And I, I kind of didn't want to share this because it feels um, I guess humbling, but humiliating is probably a better word. But when I was a kid growing up, I grew up in Marysville. I've mentioned that before, but, um, I, I kind of, I was an excuse maker. So I would play, like I played soccer for a little bit and then I played, uh, flag football as a little kid, like in third, fourth grade. And then I played baseball for a few years, uh, and then quit. And then when I got to high school, um, I, I was on the tennis team and then I was on the diving team and I quit both of those. And, Again, I go back to like what was behind it, and if I'm being brutally honest, um, I was an excuse maker. I was always the extra small kid, and so I mean, you know, being six four now, being two forty muscle, is it's just how I am. <laughs> but you know, okay, just knock it off. Okay, but um, but I, I just always made excuses for why I couldn't keep playing a certain sport. And the truth is, I think I feared failure, and so I would just kind of bail. And I wasn't amazing at flag football or baseball or um, even the tennis team, which I got uh, kicked off of, but that's another story. And then I got back on it. And anyway, so, um, but, uh, you know, diving in high school, uh, this is where, I, again, it, it sounds a little funny, I guess. I was a diver. I never had to shave my legs, so divers don't have to. That's swimmers. But um, I quit my senior year. And it was because we were starting to do some of those dives that were like super intricate and, and um, I was good at it, but I quit because of fear. I, I didn't want to do it anymore. And I look back and I regret that. Now, why do I say all that to open a message? The reason I say it is because um, I started in this role as the lead pastor at the Grove in 2009. In fact, January 1, 2009 was my first day. And one of the things I committed to look after looking back at my life is I don't ever want to be an excuse maker. I was, I was an excuse me. I look back and I deeply regret quitting certain things 
And it was because I made excuses. And I didn't want to look dumb or, or it was too hard or something like that, and I quit. And when I became a lead here, I definitely resolved, and as a board, we talked about this, that we're not going to make excuses. And back then, I'm just going to share a little bit of our history. Some of you know some of this history. Some of you don't necessarily. But when I walked in the doors at, at the Grove in this role as, as the lead pastor, um, everything was in the red financially. It, it was a really, really rough time. In fact, that was kind of the first couple of years was trying to dig ourselves out of a hole of being in the red and, and having to like do layoffs and all kinds of stuff. Um, in fact, our administrative pastor that at that point was part-time came to me one day and said, hey, we got enough for about six days to, to keep going. And um, those are just super challenging times. But what we said was we're never gonna make excuses for why we can't reach people. We're never gonna make excuses. Well, our facility and this reason and that reason, it's too old and whatever else, it doesn't have enough space. And we're not gonna make that an excuse for why we can't reach people. We're never gonna say, well, in our world, everybody's so hard-hearted, it's just more difficult today than it's ever been. We, we just can't reach people. We don't have the, the, the resources that it takes or the manpower to, to do this or we don't have you know, whatever, the time to, to really pull these things off. We just can't do it. And we resolve to say, we're never gonna make excuses for why we can't reach people. And the reason for that is because when you go back to what we believe about our faith, we believe God is bigger than that. And so we began to, to look at vision, we began to carve out what could be, and while we were always trying to live within our means and, and, and get back into the black and figure out how to operate the way we ought to be, the truth is, in the world that we live in then and in the world that we live in today, things are getting darker and darker. I think we're all familiar with that, that, that in our world it seems like things are getting darker and darker. But I look at that and go, that's not a reason to go, well, we can't shine the light. It's all the more reason to shine the light. It's all the more reason to go, what does it look like in our context today to reach people? And that's part of on a launch Sunday or a vision Sunday, we have things that are launching in the next few weeks that I am excited about. Some of them are very new and it's risky and we're going, well, let's give it a shot and see what happens and hopefully, um, but even still part of our code says that we will take risks, try new things, pray hard, and learn as we go, that we don't know everything, but we're gonna do our best to continue to reach because in a world that's dark, we're called to shine the light. The second part of it is this, and I'm not a cliche guy. I don't like the, you know, if you can see it on a crocheted pillow or on a fridge magnet, let's use it on a Sunday. I'm not a huge fan of that, but I do believe wholeheartedly in this simple phrase that's a little bit cliche, but even still rings true. Where God guides, God provides. Is that just kind of chill or, you know, golf clap on that one? Um, I'm a huge believer that where God guides, God provides. And when we look at what's happened in our past and I go back to, you know, jumping in going, I don't know, let's unravel this whole thing. It's kind of a big mess. Let's figure it out. Little by little through God's wisdom, through a board that was very sacrificial and gave a lot of their time and energy to a, a team that was very small as a staff at the church going, what does it look to unravel this? We watched God be faithful to where he would say, step up and do this. And we took a step and did certain things and watched the, the, the kind of windfall of God's grace and blessing over taking some of those steps. We, we, when we started out with iHeart, it was kind of a big joke in our community. Like nobody wanted to work with us because the, the, the reputation of church world was the church will say they want to do something and then you'll put everything together to do it and they'll show up and three people will work for a half an hour and then they all leave and we're left with a mess. That was what we were told. And so we said, no, no, you don't understand. We believe we can mobilize a lot of people to make a difference in all these different avenues within our schools and with our parks and within our community and we can make this difference if you would just trust us. And so they went, well, okay, we're gonna give you a couple of projects. We'll make sure things are ready, but you, you, gotta, you gotta come through here. 
And so day one of iHeart, the first time we did it, day one, we had so many people show up and we went and did these projects that pretty soon our city was like, hey, get them some more stuff. Get them some more resources. Let's continue to, to, they can get these things done that we can't seem to get done on our list. Once again, we go, man, God, you put a vision in our heart to build bridges into our community and express Christ's love and we saw you be faithful. Over and over when we've taken steps like that, we've seen God meet us. And some of you have been part of that journey and it's been exceptional and fun. And, and again, I don't say it's like a bragging, I, I really don't. But to go from everything in the red and one gathering on a Sunday to like at one, you know, back in 2016, 17, you know, 18 even, you know, we ended up having five gatherings on a Sunday. We put together a jingle for our gathering times. Anybody remember that? Yeah, a couple of us, like 8, 30, 9, 45, 11, 12, 15, and five. Just, we want people to remember it. So, you know, and, and again, with COVID and sure, we've gone backwards, but I'm not gonna let that discourage me. I still believe that where God guides, God provides. And I'm happy to say today that, man, as I look at the vision of what God is asking of us, it's like, oh God, I don't know how this is gonna work, but let's give it a shot. Let's see what happens because we believe you want us to continue to reach people with a gospel that, that intersects lives, with a gospel that changes lives. Anybody else in here admit you've been transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ? Yeah, isn't it amazing to think of, of the grace he pours out, of the encouragement, of the forgiveness, of the hope, of the ability to bring you to a place of, of being free from addictions, of you finding forgiveness for things that you felt like you could never forgive. The stories over and over, which by the way, coming up next week, we, we begin a series called This is Church. And it's a, it's, a, it's a series where you're gonna hear some of the stories of individuals in our church that have been deeply impacted by the work of Christ in their hearts. And I'm super excited about it. We've seen God be faithful in the past. When you look back at the Old Testament, part of the idea of oral tradition, the sharing of stories generation to generation to generation was the reminder of God's faithfulness. Joshua is reminded of God's faithfulness in the past so that he could know that God would be faithful today. Abraham, and you go back and, and listen to, to David even talk about the old days of Abraham and Isaac and, and Jacob and the historical record of all that God did. That's meant to be a faith booster for others. Where God guides, God provides. And for you, my hope is that as you're part of the Grove Church, you're connected to us as a family together, that you look at this and go, hey, look, God provided here. God did this. Why wouldn't God do that in my life? Not just us as a church corporately, but you individually as a person. Why wouldn't you believe God for healing? Because he's been a healer in the past? Why wouldn't you believe God for being a deliverer? Because he's been a deliverer in the past. Why wouldn't you believe God for the one that can bring you to forgiveness where he's forgiven you in the past? Can I hear an amen from anybody today? There's something about remembering all that God has done so that we get to a place in our lives today to go, God, you've done it before. I believe you'll do it again. And that's where we want to live, believing that God's going to continue to do great things. Things. And then finally, when you look at Proverbs 29, verse 18, some of you have heard this verse before. And I want to talk, I'm going to explain a little bit of it, but it says in Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint, but blessed is he who follows instruction. The NIV says that. There's another version that says, where there is no vision, people perish. And you know this and I know this. Where there's no vision for my life, I just kind of stumble along and do kind of whatever I sort of want to do. 
I live far too often by how I feel when there's no vision for what I should be doing. Is anybody with me in this conversation? And so where Proverbs 29 says, where there is no revelation, where there's no vision, people perish. It's literally saying, where I have no passion for the things of God and ways of God, I make excuses for why I can do whatever it is that I want to do in the moment. So when you look at it, I love how the message says it this way. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. When you and I attend to the things that God has put in place, when you and I attend to taking our faith seriously as a daily habit and not a Sunday to Sunday to Sunday thing, there's something God does in our hearts that reminds us of the power of integrity, that reminds us of the blessing of obedience, that reminds us of his faithfulness when we're willing to sacrifice our way and our thought and our agenda. There's something about what God does. I think about it in the context of marriage because having celebrated our 22nd anniversary, I love my wife and we have a great marriage. It's not perfect by any stretch and there's reasons that I have to repent regularly and I say to her sometimes, I'm so sorry you married me because you're stuck. But nevertheless, I look at our marriage and go, if in the certain moments of weakness, which we all have, just being transparent, in those moments of weakness, I begin to entertain, well, I'm not fulfilled this way in my marriage here, so I'm gonna flirt with this over here. I'm gonna indulge in this over here. I'm gonna think that this over here might actually be better and someday that's gonna be where I go, but right now I'm married and we'll deal with that and this thing will come off and the ring and whatever else. But instead, that's not what God has for me. That's not God's design. That's not what he wants. What he says is, look, if you're gonna be married, Cling to the wife of your youth. Be focused on that commitment you made in covenant to that marriage. Feed the marriage. Feed that focus. And guess what? God blesses that context. God doesn't bless you and I entertaining other ideas beyond the covenant that we're in. It's like somebody said you know, years ago, people say, you know, the grass is greener on the other side. No, the grass is greener where you water it. I'll admit with you, and this is a little bit of a sidebar here, you know, left turn, but marriage is work. Marriage is hard. 22 years of marriage, and don't think for, oh, he's a pastor, it's probably been easy. Are you kidding me? I'm as much of an idiot as anybody else. I'm not looking at anyone, I shouldn't say looking at, I'm as much of an idiot as anyone else. But it's, it's like, look, marriage is difficult. But it's navigating through the hard times, being obedient to what God has designed that gets you to a place that you'll never experience otherwise. But it's paying the price, and that's hard. I admit it. It's challenging. And I can look back and go, wow, God, we worked through some pretty tough stuff at times. And watch what God has done because we've worked through those things. It's, again, those guardrails of God. When we walk according to the vision that he's designed for this thing, marriage, for this thing, my career, for this thing, you know, my, my integrity, for this thing, whatever it might be, God blesses that. Where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint, but blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction, who walks according to that, who has a vision for what they ought to be doing and does it. And so I wanna talk a little bit about this vision because we talked a little bit about we're not gonna make excuses. Talk a little bit about this idea of having vision. That, that, that what I wanna say today is, you know, what is it? Well, it starts out with something that we, we're calling Grove Tutoring. And it, it's connected to our, our youth ministry. But a while back when I sat down with the mayor of our city, I said, look, what are the greatest needs? What are ways that we can help? Because that's always our question. And he said, our young people are really struggling. 
And I said, well, what can we do? And, and, and I came back to them and said, what, what if we did something like tutoring? And I know we launched it in the spring a little bit, but that was more of a test. And so this fall, we're launching Grow Tutoring, and I love to see Jesse and, and some of his, his leadership team, our youth team, getting into our schools and being available and putting up a little stand that says, hey, we're offering free tutoring at the Grove Church. We wanna help you succeed because when you feel successful, you feel like you have a greater purpose for your life. Because when you feel successful, you're less inclined to, to, to play into drug addiction. You're less inclined to give yourself to things that don't matter. You're less inclined to be suicidal. And I don't say that lightly because I know the stats. I don't say that lightly because I see what happens. I, I know what goes on. We've had to deal with the grief and families that have lost young people because things feel so hopeless. And so when we talk about Grove Tutoring, absolutely, we wanna partner with young people and their families to help them succeed in school. But here's the deal. What I hope that comes out of it is building a relationship with young people where not only are you helping with common core math, dear Jesus, <laughs> not only are you helping them with, with reading and, and, and history and whatever other subjects, but it's also the ability for, for one of our, our adults that have been screened and gone through the process of, of training to, to help these young people and go, hey, you seem off today, are you doing okay? And you begin to build mentorship relationships in a way that shows the love of Christ, in a way that expresses the grace that our young people need today. Because our young people, we know this, they're struggling. And so I'm so excited to be able to offer tutoring. And right now in the context, it's sixth through 12th grade. In our community, we're asking individuals to come to the Grove from four to six on a Wednesday and they get free tutoring. They get a free uh, snack or meal depending on the night and um, just doing that every week. And where will it expand to? I don't know. We, we believe it could lead to all kinds of things. Having teams actually part of our church, families heading to certain schools different days of the week. It's, it's maybe having shuttles where we can actually, some of the issues are getting kids from a school you know, to, to the Grove Church. Fine, we'll figure out how to get them here and, and do transportation the way we ought to do it. I don't know what exactly it will look like, but we're gonna start this, you know, this school year by saying, here's what we're offering. And we've already received um, like rave reviews. I hate to say it that, it sounds cheesy, but we've already, man, school's going, wow, you're doing this? Wow, I, I, we let people, yeah, absolutely, please because we wanna help kids succeed. We also wanna express Christ's love in our countenance as we tutor. That's one thing. Another thing we're doing is called The Neighborhood. And The Neighborhood is, is um, it's a community dinner that we're offering every Tuesday. And every Tuesday at the Marysville Historical Society is the place we were able to land. It's right off of Jennings Park, but offering a free dinner and, and just an, air, an, an area for people to gather in community that probably would never darken the doors of a facility like this. They would never come to a, a church setting like this, but they'd be willing to go, hey, man, I can bring my family. And by the way, Curtis is gonna be cooking, so you probably should show up too, but it's not for you, um, so don't do that. But anyway, um, but honestly, Curtis and Megan Monterosa, my assistant, who has a credential of her own in ministry, um, they're launching this thing, and they have such a heart for it. And it's just the ability to gather, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 people in a facility, provide a meal and environment that's safe and, and, and teach a little bit out of scripture and help people open their eyes to who Jesus is that we would never be able to reach by doing what we do right here. Nothing wrong with right here. This is biblical. It's what we need. We should do this. But there are plenty of people that wouldn't necessarily come. And so we're like, how do we go out and reach those individuals? The neighborhood, it launches the first uh, Tuesday in October coming up. One of the things that, that hurts my heart is that over the last year and a half, my deep concern in church world is that discipleship isn't what it needs to be. And, and we've processed this as a team and we've tried to provide different avenues of discipleship as a church. Um, we've done all kinds of different things, but I came across some curriculum a couple of years ago called Irresistible. And it's actually a book that was written by Andy Stanley and he, and he kind of walks back to the first century church 
and talks about the theology and, and, and the, the nature of Christ and what the disciples were able to do in that first century. Religion thing I don't do. Oh, Christians, yeah, I've met them before. Yeah, they're this and that, right? You've probably heard the same thing. And I've had a lot of conversations, especially as a pastor with individuals. Hey, you should come check it out sometime. Love to have you. Oh, I don't really do the religion thing. I, I totally get it. People are jaded for all kinds of reasons, but here's what I really believe. If people can encounter the real Jesus through your life and my life, understanding, going back to like first century, our theology, going back to scripture and the value of what Christ is, has done, it's irresistible. And so what's gonna happen is instead of what we talked about was doing multiple classes, like we did Zoom groups this last year for different reasons, different seasons. Um, that rhymed, you're welcome. But um, we're gonna do a, a live environment that's basically a class that my wife and I are gonna teach through the content of Irresistible. And there's honestly, there's gonna be some book study to it. There's a, there's a study guide uh, and some things. I really, really desperately want us together to pick up because how we view God, I think I remember A.W. Tiller, somebody said, you know, what you think about God is the most important thing about you. And, and there's something about who Christ is that seems to be missing in our theological context sometimes. And so what we do is we take on certain agendas and we act certain ways or we do certain things and it's like, man, that doesn't represent Christ. That's not what he desires or what he wants, but we don't even know it. And so I really believe that, that helping us through this. And so coming up here in a few weeks, probably about a month from now, uh, launching Irresistible and just walking through it together, probably in a room like this, um, we'll do it, we'll offer it online as well, but, but helping us understand some of the basic theology that we desperately need in order for you and I to be able to shine Christ's love. On top of that, we are launching life groups in person and we will have a couple of Zoom options for people, but excited to see people getting connected once again. But discipleship for me is a huge one. So irresistible is coming up. A couple years ago, we renovated that far north wing. Some of you remember it, it was orange and brown and kind of gnarly. And um, we did a whole overhaul to it for our Grove Kids ministry. And uh, yeah, most of us, I think, gave to make that happen and, and we were able to renovate the whole wing, but it comes out of an understanding of double down on what you do for kids. We want our kids to have an incredible foundation in Christ and environment matters. And so we were able to renovate that wing, but we also have a killer team. And I love Adrian Laufer and her heart for young kids. And I love uh, Brittany and I love Caitlin and what they do to help connect families and kids and what's happening. But for Grove Kids, they're like, here's some things we're dreaming about. We're gonna launch. And one of them is we've had Connect 4 or 5, and it's been once a month, but offering that more frequently for fourth and fifth graders, as well as adding to that Connect 2 3 for second and third graders to begin to, to, to develop discipleship in groups um, on Wednesday night. So that's coming up, as well as a, a special needs class, because we know there's families in our community that can't just come to church because it doesn't work because some of the, the needs that their kids have uniquely. And so we're looking to offer. In fact, we're partnering with somebody I've known for years named Steve Kramer, um, who's a missionary we support, but he actually works all along kind of west of the Mississippi, all along the, the west coast, especially helping churches develop something called CityServe and having some, some special needs opportunities for families to help families and their kids connect to Christ in a unique context. So that's coming up and we're launching that again, Grove Kids and and what's going on. Um, some of you are well aware that we, we demoed a wing over here. If you didn't notice that, um, drive around the building and you'll be like, oh, wow. Um, and again, I, I love how our construction crew buttoned it up as nice as they could, but it still looks kind of weird just shaved off like that, right? Um, but the whole idea is expansion. This church has not been added to facilities-wise since 1986. Do you know the population in Marysville in 1986? It was like 17,000 people. You know what it is now? 
over 62,000 people. And it's not that we're looking to build some huge giant whatever, but we're realizing that, man, we want to make space for people to get connected to Christ. And part of it includes the overhaul of our facility. And so we demoed that wing in preparation to put up a new wing. In fact, here's a, a sketch of what's going on. And if you look at that, I think, uh, I don't know if anybody has a laser pointer, but that's a new auditorium. If, if you look to the right of what's the auditorium there, that's coming, looking at from 47th and Grove that way, uh, north, east. But uh, there's our current auditorium on the right there. To the left is the new auditorium. So that wing was demoed because we moved the kids. That used to be the kids' wing. We moved the kids to the north wing. We demoed that wing just about a month ago. And now the new auditorium is gonna go right over here. Um, and it will over double the space that we have currently for people to get connected, as well as we'll be uh, demoing and, and creating a whole new lobby that'll be much bigger. In fact, it'll go out to the parking lot of ways and then we'll redo all of our parking. We're just trying to create space to help people get connected. And we know it's not about a building. It's not the facility. It's about realizing, man, we wanna make room for people to get connected to Christ, amen? So that's coming up. You're gonna hear more about it and stuff like that. A um, couple other things. One of them is the church app. I, I realize that sometimes it's like, oh, you know, the cool people have an app. Or I don't know what, that, it's such a weird world. We developed an app that we've been talking about for a while, but what's behind it is this whole passion of like, how do we help people take steps? And the truth is most of us are mobile. Most of us have phones and we use them for all kinds of random things. And it's a lot easier to, to go to an app than to open a website, which isn't super hard or, you know, go home and log on to your computer or something like that. Um, but we, we developed a church app and I, actually there's a QR code right here. If you just open your, your camera and, and zoom into that QR code, it'll take you to our app. If you also go to the app store on your phone and this works for what, Android and Apple or however you say it, smash that bell button. Anyway, I don't know. So, okay, wait. Um, but um, what you have to do there though, just to be really clear is don't just go to Grove Church. You have to go to grove.church because in our world, there's a bunch of Grove churches. In fact, we had somebody logging in a while back um, online watching us going, I love the church, it's so great. And, and they're like, how come you guys always wear like a Cardinals gear? And you know, they, they were from Arizona, they didn't know it. They thought they were logging into to some Grove Church in Arizona. But anyway, um, so I say that because when you log into the app store, you have to go to grove.church. But if you zoom in on the QR code, it'll take you to that. What we want to do, and this is something we talk about often, it's always our goal to make steps at the growth easy, obvious, and strategic. And by having an app, you can simply go to certain events or certain things you can click on to click, you know, watch media, watch a Sunday gathering. If you happen to miss on a Sunday or whatever, you can give on there as well. But um, there's the QR code. We'll leave that up there um, later on as the gathering ends. We'll have it up there as well. But these are just a few things that we're talking about. Like I said, we're still gonna have life groups. We still talk about, you know, find your team. So there's some of the vision that we believe that God has for us. Let, let, me, let me get into a little bit of what does this mean for me and you? And this is where I wanna be clear as crystal. And I, I, I wanna say this, um, I wanna say this carefully because I don't want it to sound, um, sound hard. We have a vision that we believe God has for us. And we, we believe that as we talk about this vision and we cast certain elements of this vision, that, that some of the language we say is it takes all of us for we to win. And this is the kind of church where we don't want people just to gather on a Sunday. Again, that's good, that's biblical, but it's, it's much more than that, that we talk about you joining the family of God. We talk about you being part of the body of Christ and it does take all of us for we to win. And so when I say things like that, it means I'm talking to you. I'm doing my best to make eye contact with every person right now. It means that you're not here to go, wow, that's good, and I hope the staff can pull it off. 
It's literally understanding, here's what I'm asking of all of us, and I mean all of us, and this is where I'm saying, I don't want it to sound too hard, but this, if, if what I just explained, you kind of go, eh, I don't really know, or that's kind of not my jam, or not my thing, I just don't resonate, then here's the thing, there are other great churches in our community that you probably should find. And again, I don't say that to be mean at all, I'm just saying, we're on a mission. We are stewards of the Great Commission as long as we have the time. And we're asking you to be on board more than just showing up on a Sunday and smiling and whatever, but, but we want people that are engaged in the mission together. And so what I'm asking is this, it starts with you realizing God has given you certain gifts and abilities and education and background that contributes to the body of Christ. And the way that you're wired and what you have something and don't think for a second, well, I don't really fit or I don't know how to do. We will train you. We will help you. We have resources. We have key leaders in place that will help walk you through this journey of getting involved in certain things. But we need you to get involved. We need you to be part of the body of Christ and do the things that God has for you to do because you're not called to attend and sit back and go, wow, I really enjoyed that and go home and go about your day and go Seahawks. That you and I are called to much more than that. We together are stewards of the Great Commission. And it means you using your gifts and me using my gifts to make a difference in the world as long as we have days to live, Amen. years to live, decades to go. And as long as we're, you know, as long as we have breath, God has a mission for us. And if you're part of the Grove Church, I'm asking you to be prayerful. God, what do I do and how do I take a step? What does it look like for me to be involved? And let me just be really, really, really transparent in a season where we're navigating COVID, and I know it's challenging. And I've said just recently, I've been praying more, I've been praying for more people currently that are in dire circumstances because of COVID than I ever have been in a year and a half. I have been. And I keep a prayer list and I write down names and I, there's, I brings me to tears, weeping, for people to survive because there's dire stuff going on. I get the season we're in. It also means that we've had to relaunch everything, rebuild all of our teams, and yes, we're in a place where, man, we need people to jump in and get involved. And I get, for some people, the hesitation. I get the whole, like, man, there's just so much going on with this stuff. And we, I get all of that. But I would also say, if you and I would just be prayerful, God, what would you have me take a step and get involved in? Because we're all part of the body of Christ. Amen. And I want every one of us, genuinely, every one of us to consider, where's my place? What do I do? What are you asking of me, God? The second thing, and this is, if you're new to Grove Church, especially if this is your first day, you're like, oh yeah, here we go. I, I knew this would come up at some point. I totally get it, but I'm still gonna say it because it's worth saying. What else am I talking about? I'm talking about you and I walking in generosity financially. That we've said before, it takes all of us for we to win. One of the things I've said a while back, and I probably haven't said it recently, but the work of God has always been provided for by the people of God. I don't know if you're super familiar with that, and if you're new to church world, I totally get that that maybe sounds new to you. But it means for every one of us going, what does it look like for me to be generous as a believer in Christ? It's one of the most tangible ways for you and I to express our faith is by giving of our financial resources. And I'm trying to be clear as crystal and I'm not gonna manipulate you and show some video, make you cry and then go, now get out your wallet and sign up and do I'm not gonna do that. I'm simply telling you that I am a huge believer that as you and I mature in our faith, that we also mature in our want to be generous towards kingdom things. And we talk about how years ago, everything was in the red. Part of it was trying to help educate the church body to go, guys, we need people to step up and be part of giving to make this happen. And I would say the same is absolutely true today. As we launch another campus that we're calling the neighborhood, it's a dinner church. As we look at tutoring and providing meals for, for young people um, in that environment, it's, hey, it takes resources. Obviously what we do, somebody said years ago, I thought the government gave you guys money to exist. 
I don't know if you ever thought that, but they don't, not a penny. In fact, sometimes it feels the opposite, that's okay. <laughs> Different agenda, okay. But, um, but honestly, I, I really want you to be prayerful and consider what does it look like for me to contribute? And I'm not gonna manipulate you or tell you it's gotta be this amount or that amount. I would say, be prayerful about what you're called to do because all of us is called to do something. And so consider that. And if you haven't taken that step yet, absolutely. And on the app, you can give. Online, you can go to grove.church, give. All that's true. And I'm not gonna manipulate you, but we do believe it's biblical that you and I grow in generosity as we grow in our faith in Christ. And so we're all part of doing that. The third thing is prayer. And I know you all, of course, prayer. But here's the thing. It's so easy to go, here's what we're doing and we're busy doing and we forget to pray. And I wanna challenge every single one of us. That's not only for us as a church. And I've said before, I keep a prayer list because the truth is, if you walk up to me, go, hey, could you pray for? Absolutely, I'll pray with you right there. But sometimes I walk away and I've totally forgotten and I feel like such a jerk. And so I always try to keep a, I pretty much always do keep a prayer list, things I'm writing down and I pray for. And I'll turn the page and create a new one because it gets really long and all that stuff. But I would encourage you to pray. Pray about, God, would you bless Grove Tutoring to help our young people? God, would you bless this dinner church option, this neighborhood thing, so that we can see new people that would never consider faith, consider faith in Christ because of a dinner church that we're gonna do? God, would you, would you move in, in the way of our Grove kids because we believe a biblical foundation is a big deal for young people today? God, would you help Adrian? Would you help Caitlin? Would you help Brittany? Would you help that team be all they're called to be? God, would you help the pastors and leaders at the Grove Church? And, and Lord, would, would you give them wisdom and protect them and encourage them, help them do what they're called to do, pray about these things. And not only for Grove Church stuff, but God, would you help me be a Christ-centered individual? God, would you help my family be Christ-centered? God, would you give me wisdom on how to handle this situation with my child? Would you help me with this situation in my marriage? Would you help me with this situation at my work? Hey, as a couple, can we just pray about this together? There's something about our need to pray that should never go without saying. And I say it because just a few days ago in the reading plan, it was talking about in Chronicles, kings, different kings that rose up and did these things. And one of the kings in particular, it specifically said that they followed God mostly and they did a lot of good things, but they didn't inquire of God about a certain thing. And it literally says they tried all these other avenues, but they didn't ask God. And what it meant in that context is it was to their detriment. They didn't receive the full measure of what God had because they didn't ask. And you and I are called to regularly ask, to pray. God, my kid's heading to school this week. Obviously, a lot of kids, first day of school this last week. Did you pray? I hope so. If not, start praying for them. A lot of times, right before our kids go to school, I'm not talking like 10, 20, 30 minutes of prayer. We literally sometimes are in the car and it's on the way to school. I don't close my eyes because I'm driving, but Lord, would you just touch and surround a guy? You know, pray for them. Do you do that? Do you pray? Paul who said, don't be anxious about anything. Pray about everything. Pray. I'm asking you to pray, yes, for the things on your agenda, but also for us as a church. God, would you guide us together? And yes, as a staff and as a board and as a team, we've been praying over these things for a long time now, but pray with us. And the last thing is this, and it's super simple. Be the light. Like I said before, obviously it feels like things are darker today than they've been a long time. And yet we're called to be the light. Be the light where you live. Don't be the jerk. Be the light where you work, not the jerk. That rhymes. Yeah. Be, but listen, I, I said earlier, it's that whole thing of like, when we believe that God is our refuge, when we believe that God is our strength, when we believe that he gives us peace beyond understanding, we can live like it. There's something about our requirement to live differently 
that draws people to Christ. But it's not that we're just trying, it's that we're inviting the Holy Spirit. God, would you fill me today? Because I feel like I'm gonna have a tough day at work. God, would you fill me today? Because I'm real short with my kids. God, would you fill me today? Because I'm gonna go to this meeting and whatever I do or however, God, I'm heading to traffic. Would you help me? Some of you need to pray that prayer like me. God, it's, it's, to live as the light in a world that desperately needs it is what you and I are required to do. Let me end with this. My wife, uh, I think almost always reads through my notes and I ask her to, um, and I discard most of what she says. No, I'm, I don't, I'm just, <laughs> that's so bad, I didn't mean that at all. No, honestly, like I have her go over my notes because she's brilliant and she always like adds to it. And one of the things that she mentioned to me on, on my notes um, towards the end was this. To me, she said, that, she said, to me the difference is this, that we're called to lay down everything in order to serve Christ. She said, what I think of is the idea of certain things are gold-plated, other things are solid gold. And she said, to me, it's the idea of like when we're sold on the Great Commission, when we're walking out those things that God has for, it's like being solid gold rather than a veneer, rather than just a shell that's gold, but the inside is, is kind of not so great. And the reason I bring it up is because I feel this, this thing in me, and I hope you feel it always too, that we are stewards. And I said that word earlier. We're stewards of the gifts God gives us. We're stewards of the time God gives us. We're stewards of the kids. God has blessed us with many of us. We're stewards of, of our reason. We're stewards of, of everything God has entrusted to us. And, and at the end of our lives, the Bible actually talks about you and I being called to account for what we're stewarding. And it's that tension that I feel, again, not a manipulation, but to go, man, God, what does it mean to steward what you've given me to the best of my ability? And that's the challenge I wanna to bring to all of us, that I don't believe at all the world is so hard that we can't reach people. I don't believe at all, well, our facility isn't what it needs to be, so we can't reach people. Well, we don't have the manpower, we're having to rebuild all of our teams because of COVID, we just can't reach people. No, 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 From what I remember that Jesus, he says he looked at the fields that they're white unto harvest. He didn't say, but only for a little while. He didn't say, well, just during September, October, then it's all over with. He didn't say, well, for a couple of years. He literally was talking as a, as a forever thing. There are always people that can be reached with the gospel and that's what we're called to do. And that in context for launch Sunday, Vision Sunday, these are some of the hows we wanna take steps and do these things. Let's pray. Jesus, we need you. And God, maybe in my, in my desire to not wanna manipulate, I say it sort of calmly and it doesn't sound very passionate, but I am passionate. And there's nothing more that I would rather do than see your kingdom move forward, than to see the light come on in people's hearts because when we look at the cross of Christ and how we in this room, many of us have been drastically changed by it. God, that's what we want. We wanna to continue to be changed by it, but we desperately want those that we love to be changed by it. Those that we work with to be changed by it. Those that we care desperately, those that we live near to be changed by it. And that's what it means to live kingdom-minded in a way that we're all in this together. It takes all of us for we to win God. Give us wisdom on how to figure it out. Each person, each family, each individual as a church together, Jesus, we need you. We look forward to what you're gonna do. We're gonna take some risks. We're gonna try some things we've never even considered before until now. But God, we're excited about where it could lead because we want to reach people with the gospel. We're not playing church. We're not playing religion. We want to reach people with your love. Help us, God. We want it to be about Christ. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Grove Church Message Podcast. To keep up to date with us, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, or check us out at our website, grove.church.